Running Wild with Christine, sex, success, and other slippery rabbit holes. Welcome to episode 22, Unlearning with Dr. Neil Fox. Um, I'm here today with Neil, who is a writer slash filmmaker slash academic, and we'll go into all the things that he does. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And I guess we should really thank Adam Lannan for this we should, yeah. connection. So hi, Adam. <laughs> Hello, Adam. Hope you're doing well. I wonder if he'll listen to this. I listen to his. I wonder if he'll listen to this. Oh, he will. He's very sweet. He's a good that. friend. Yes. <laughs> and I think this is also a lot of a lot of stuff we'll cover is stuff that we talk about with him anyway. So I feel like he'll be like, yes, and <laughs> adding to it. Um, I don't like I asked you when we were prepping for this how to present you because there's few things that you don't do like the list in front of me of the things that you're currently doing I'm like yeah cool you do you, how how do you get all this done um I don't know good question I feel like I do less than I did um but managed to I, th- I managed to get stuff done when I sit down and do it in a way that I didn't when I was younger you know, so I have less time, but I'm more focused with the time, I think. So, nice. yeah, maybe I'll get I was there. a much, much worse procrastinator when I was younger. <laughs> so you're a day job, if we might call it that. You're a course coordinator in film at the School of Film and Television at Falmouth University, I want to say. Yeah, Falmouth, Falmouth. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Great. <laughs> and so you teach uh, screenwriting, filmmaking and film studies. And... Correct. I have, have a podcast called The <clears throat> Cinematologists. I will be posting all the links down if you guys want to check it out. You have a book out on podcasting. And you have a short and a feature out at the minute. So lots going on. Yeah. Um, all different. Yeah. All different avenues. Uh, all kind of connected to the day job, but some of them not. Um, yeah. So when you ask whether I, how would I describe myself, it kind of depends on the week. Um, <laughs> am I a podcaster this week? Am I a writer? Yeah. So cool. I, I kind of justify that it's all, it's all film based pretty much. So yeah, it is. It is. It is. And, and that for me is really interesting because I'm sort of new to film, um, from sort of this like in-depth perspective. And so it's very interesting listening to a bunch of these, um, podcasts of yours and, and watching, I guess, films from a different perspective and looking out for, you know, the writing in it and, and stuff like that. So I'm really enjoying having more knowledge about it. So it was very cool to, to look into your work. Um, funnily enough, your feature that uh, is doing the rounds at the film festivals right now is called Wilderness, which is funny for me for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> and you were gracious enough to share it with me. And I really, really liked it. And it also, like, left me with a bunch of questions, which I liked even more than the fact that I liked the movie, because I was like, I have so many thoughts <laughs> after watching it. Um, do you want to qu- give a quick synopsis of the movie? Yeah, so it's a, it's a late 60s set jazz romance in the vein of John Cassavetes. So we watch a couple come together, fall in love, fall out of love, fight, work out who they are in the relationship and individually over the course of a doomed weekend in Cornwall. Yeah. It's, it's a, the music, first of all, is amazing. I loved it. 
<clears throat> but then it really struck a chord, and I think that's kind of why we want to sort of springboard off the movie to talk about a few topics um, that, that we wanted to address personally, is that idea of being in love with an idea. And that for me was like Absolutely, yeah. such a crushing realization when I was finishing the book of like, oh my God, this is exactly what I've been doing for like years. Um, trying to be more aware of it now. <laughs> uh, but the film really does a good job at sort of being like, okay, how do we, you know, navigate sort of this like start infatuation with um, the idea of this projected life we sort of put onto somebody and, you know, how that might look like and... And I think that it's something that's becoming more and more prevalent in society because we base a lot of our interactions with others on appearance. Yeah, and uh, I think, yeah, not not just an appearance, but kind of what people show us. Yeah. You know, like, so what we see, you know, online, on social media, people kind of create a narrative about themselves in the world. Um, and the film is definitely kind of yeah, looking at what happens once that starts to crack or fade or the, you know, the, I hate the word reality, but the reality of, of it kind of sets in, um, yeah. you know, so part of the idea of setting in a period was, was having to have a situation where two people couldn't avoid each other by, yeah. you know, being saved from the situations they're in physically or just going into their phones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that for me is really interesting because as you can see Alice you know, projecting this image onto John that she wants him to be, that he doesn't want to be or isn't or is running away from in some sense. And and vice versa, he's also sort of like trying to come to grips with who he is in his own, to his own merit. And so it's just kind of this interesting dichotomy between like first of all what we choose to project and the narratives that we choose to put out there, but also the way that they're interpreted and the way that you know, you kind of pick and choose what you want from somebody and that creates this idea. And I think that is, is interesting because there's, there's so much of it that rings true. And at the same time, you're also watching a movie. So you're like, okay, like this is like so many levels of like <laughs> meta projection. <laughs> but, well, that was part of it really, you know, was make, make people feel uncomfortable, make them face their own lives in the space of, of being in a cinema. Yeah. Um, it was, I watched, there's a John Cassavetes film called Opening Night, yeah. which is, which I'd never seen. It was the only one of his I hadn't seen. And then it played it in a cinema in London and I caught a screening of it and it was just devastating. You know, it was exhausting. And Gina Rowlands plays an actress kind of falling apart as most characters in Cassavetes films do, but you really have to sit and watch someone to kind of wrestle with themselves and with everyone around them. And it was just, and I realized that films kind of shy away from that a lot of the time now. Yeah. You know, there is a surface, there's an irony, there's something which, you know, like sort of saying that meta kind yeah. of level to it where you, you don't have to face up to how difficult it is to be in a relationship or how difficult it is to be a human being. Yeah. Um, so that was the aim was kind of, you know, like make people uncomfortable and, and it does, does that has that. been the response, you know, yeah. like, your I response mean, is not uncommon. Yeah. And I can totally see that because her character is complex and like you, you, 
like her and hate her and like to hate her, but also get it um, like a lot of the time. And at some point she says to, to John, like be an adult and live in your confusion. And I like wrote it down. I like paused the movie and I was like, that's right. Like this is, this is the crux of like, I don't like necessarily the term adults. Like that's not the, the focus on it, but like that, yes, this is it. Like just sit in it, you know, <laughs> just sit in this, stew in it. It's something that you're meant to feel. Do it. Well, he just wants to talk his way out of it constantly. You know, yeah. he doesn't want to face the silence. He doesn't want to face that space. So he just talks and talks and talks, um, even though it's obvious that he should just shut up. Um, and I think he's, he's not helped by, yeah, her kind of complexity and contradictions, which are, yeah, kind of human ones, you know, her projections and her idea of herself and relationship are very confused. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't know what to do with it. And it's just two people who are, who kind of think they know each other and think they can communicate and then realize that they can't. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the biggest thing. And, and that's why you were like, oh, I think you like it. <laughs> Having read some of your book, I was like, I did. <laughs> but, um, but at the, I mean, I don't want to spoil the book, but at the end of it, he does come to a realization where, you know, the silence is needed. And that for me was really interesting because you and I have been sort of talking about what we want to talk about on the podcast. And you said to me like, oh, I feel like I should shut up and amplify others. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, do you want to say a bit more about that before I like say what my reaction to that was? Uh, yeah, well, it, yeah. So obviously we mentioned Adam before. Yeah. And uh and obviously I listened to the, the episode that he was on and I actually saw him the day, I saw him for lunch mm-hmm. before he recorded with you. So, yeah, we talked about you. Um, yeah, and then and yeah, then he sort of said, oh, I mentioned you on the podcast, you know, so I listened about that and then we sort of, you know, started talking and then sort of talked about this and it was like, I just, part of me doesn't want to say as much anymore, like, which I know is kind of completely ridiculous given that I'm a podcaster and, you know, I write <laughs> and I put stuff out into the world on a on an incredibly regular basis so what do I mean by that but I guess you know and I sort of said to you I'm kind of going through a really strange period at the moment of kind of being not being careful but but trying to think harder about what I say being conscious yeah being more conscious being more critical being more aware of you know the privilege of my voice and as a you know as as a kind of straight white man um and 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 thinking about when it's appropriate to talk and, and, and that and that kind of thing. Because I don't think it is always appropriate to talk. I think that yeah. we assume it is as white men and we just it's always appropriate for us to say what we feel, but I don't think that's true. Um and uh particularly now but but always I think it's a it's a it's a shift yeah. in that. So but kind of speaking to you about this podcast and kind of your book and stuff, it was like, okay, there's you know yeah, we could talk. <laughs> Yeah. And that for me was really interesting because I, I was kind of, I'm conflicted still and we'll get into like the, the, the crux of, of the sort of the, the meaty bits of why I'm conflicted. But I get in the sense that, you know, Adam and I were having a conversation about feminism and about women in film and about sort of his role as an ally or as a straight white man. Uh, but your so the, the, where you're coming from is a little bit different because um, you said that, you know, 
you realized, I guess probably five years ago, that you weren't being critical enough or like that, you know, can you tell me, tell listeners sort of where this idea of like, huh, actually I've not thought about where like the things I say come from till now. Yeah, so um, yeah, about five years ago, well, yeah, uh, about six years ago, I met my my wife. Um, and at the time I met her, I was already married and was about a third of the way through, maybe halfway through my doctorate in film education. So I was kind of doing a PhD level study. And uh, yeah, and I met um, my wife at a, a conference um, and we sort of stayed in touch just kind of as, you know, as friends um, online because we sort of had similar interests in terms of education at the time. Um, and then about six months later, I got a new job and my, my first wife left me um, very soon into that job. And and we, and, and then just sort of, I, just, I saw that uh, my wife now, Beth, was, was visiting where I was now living and we started hanging out. And yeah, we sort of struck a relationship. And one of the things that, that kind of struck me really early on was how she challenged me at every turn in a conversation. And not in a, not in a bad way, not in a real way. We're married now. We've been together five years. Yeah, not um, in an adversarial way. In a, in a really seriously critical way. Um, and I realised that a lot of the things that I was saying, that I was saying with a tone that was authoritative and confident, because, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and well-read to a degree, and, you know, you know to, a, to a very big degree in some, in some cases, but you know, assuming that I was kind of well-read about everything and just the conversations were just really fun and interesting and exciting. And, I'd ne- and I realised actually no one's challenged me like this ever, you know. And then, you know, and then that slow realisation of actually there's probably loads of things I've said where I've just sounded like a complete fool, <laughs> you know, and they've not been, you know, from everything about films to, you know, stuff that really matters um, in, in a kind of day-to-day sense. Um, and thinking, wow, like that is, that is, it's kind of, it's, it's difficult because obviously now I'm 40. So I've been sh- making that shift in my late thirties to, to trying to think differently. And it's really hard because yeah. I'm so set in my ways. I've been, I've been like this for so long and I'm committed to it, but it's difficult and it still happens. You know, the other day we're having a conversation and, and I, and she was like, what, well, you know, like what? what about this, what about this, what about this? And I realised quickly, she just sort of, and I thought, yeah, I'd, I've held this position for so long and never really thought about it. Yeah. You know, I've kind of cobbled together an idea of, and this was about James Bond, about, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, and I was kind of, yeah, well, this, 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 and just the questioning of it, like, well, have you thought about this or what about this was like, yeah, I haven't, you know, and, and realising actually there's so many things I don't think about from enough perspectives yeah and that's part of that's part of my journey as a kind of man i think but also as an academic you know and she's definitely helped me with, oh, with the doctorate massively and, and and the writing i've done since you know all the academic writing she does i do she's constantly asking me and helping me yeah kind of access different critical points uh, not just her own but just her ability to do it i think for a, me that's really and, shocking that it took you until that point because of the level of education. And I think that's my privilege of going through the education that I did go through. I was, I referenced this quite a bit because it did change the way that I think. But in episode nine, I speak with um, Chris Erickson, who was one of my profs at university. 
And, yeah, I listened to that episode, yeah. Yeah, and so for me, like, just critical, having to study critical theory as part of my curriculum, which, like, arguably wasn't a conscious choice of being like, I want to be more critical. It was just like, this is what you have to do. And that, you know, it was the, the spark of it. And luckily for me, I happened to be, what, like, 20 years old when it happened. And so it's very interesting that I just assume, you know, like education levels, like if you've been to university, you've sort of been exposed to critical thinking or to sort of this kind of questioning, but, I, but that's not the case. And I have to keep reminding myself that, you know, this, this stuff is hard and it was super hard, but luckily for me, I was in a hard place anyway, being 20 sucks. Um, you're just like full of millions of questions all the time. And so it, it, it must be really difficult to do that, you know, reaching 40 and, and consciously like you use the word unlearning. Cause basically I was just learning. That was the beginning yeah. of learning. Whereas you, you have all these habits and all these, uh, pre preconceptions that you have to undo. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it, it's difficult to, to, you know, I'm still trying to work out what I mean by that, you know, cause you know, just again, like hearing myself talk, I'm thinking, you know, people don't know me, do they think I'm some kind of, you know, chauvinist out there? And that's not the case, you know, like, I, I mean, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, um, but also, I think what I've realised is that I had stopped learning, you know, so yeah. I learned at, at university, and then I worked. And, you know, and it, it was only really kind of getting back into to study, and the kind of the doors that opened, and I guess the age I was at the time that really, you know, kind of made me made me relearn some stuff and, and realise actually I should have been I should have been constantly honing these skills. I should have, you know, the cr- critical stuff I learned at university, you know, I took some of the skills with me, but some I just didn't. And that criticality was, I think, was one of them. Yeah. Um, so now I'm trying to trying to help my students get that and also trying to do it and and much of the problems that I have are you know I'm very quick to defend myself yeah you know and I and 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 kind of feel attacked you know because because that's an armor that's built up that kind of the armor of the white man you know I'm right and stuff and you know sort of say say to my wife you know like I love the difficult conversations we have because even at the moment even in the moment I can be like you know this 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 and this you know it's like my slow realization is actually, yeah. Even if even if I don't agree, and often I do agree. She's very smart, but <laughs> even if I don't, um, I find a better way to articulate it, and I think more. Yeah. You know, I'm challenged to think more rather than just have an instinctual idea and and then move on. Yeah. And I think that is, and just to go back to the film briefly, that was one of the things when I wrote the film was don't answer any questions. Yeah. You know, no, so, and you don't. So yeah, when 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 something comes up where you realise actually this is a situation that needs resolving on the script in the script. I just chose not to do it because I was like, I don't want it to be me resolving it. Um, so the characters can resolve it by how they play it and how they decipher it. And they did, you know, most of the, most of those lines could be said two or three ways. And the actors kind of chose based yeah. on their own relationships and their own idea of that relationship, how they were going to play it. And that was the kind of conscious choice of just stop trying to, answer everything and listen <laughs> again sit in it and listen you know? <laughs> and you asked this question when we were prepping you said how do we justify what we do as people of privilege in a world that needs so much help 
uh, how do we justify our writing or, or our educating? Like, and I sort of read that question in the sense that there's, there's like two ways we can look at that question. It's either, you know, do we need to justify creativity because we have privilege, which I think is a less uh, interesting question, or do you mean that, you know, your educating or, or you know, my writing um, is a continuation of the privilege that we do have by sort of inadvertently or directly telling people what to do and how? Like, was that what you were sort of coming to? Like, which, which side of that question were you questioning? Uh, both, really, I guess. You know, um, part of it is, yeah, seeing the world as horrible and difficult as it is. Um, and I don't think it's... I guess it's kind of... It's, it's a question that I guess we should just ask ourselves when we're talking about it on podcasts. So it's not like, but I think it's, it's important to, to realize that, that, that privilege. And, and I think that there is absolutely uh, a need and a, and a kind of vital component to what we do as writers and um, people who create art and, and put other boys into the world. But I think it's important to realise what that is, or you know, to us and in a general sense of what. I know it sounds grand, but like, what good is it doing? Yeah. You know, and, and should should it should it have a good? I don't know if it should all the time. I'm, I'm certainly not going to be someone who decides that something is good or bad based on a kind of moral, <laughs> uh, you know, Ground. kind of component to it. But yeah. again, I think it's just it's kind of being conscious and not. I just don't want to slip back, you know. Like, and again, I got a daughter now so that kind of changes the way you think about age and time in a completely different way you know and I, I realize that personally I want to I want to feel like there's there's something which is adding value to the world in a, in a good positive way rather than just adding to the noise and, and avoiding you know just avoiding the day-to-day difficulties and, and but also trying to find joy you know I want, yeah. I, want I think joy is a really important part of the world and uh, part of part of daily life that's yeah. at the moment seems in really short supply. Yeah, I think that's that's very true, and it's funny because this is going to resonate with um, last Friday's episode. Um, Steph talks a lot about why she wrote her book, um, mostly because of her daughter, and so it's interesting because that sort of I think that as a society we're slowly coming to terms with the fact that there's very little we can do to fix what's been done. You know, what's been done has been done. It's in the past. Like, we can try and, and, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people who focus on justice and reconciliation. And, you know, that's maybe not what we're doing. Um, No, definitely not what I'm doing. But in the sense that, you know, just as much as you were asking what your responsibilities are as a teacher and as much as she was asking, you know, how has my experience um, shaped what my daughter might experience as a woman or here just as a human, as part of society, I think it's... Um, the right question where we come to like, okay, how do, how do we start talking now about things that we haven't talked about and how does that talking or that art or whatever it is um, spark a better understanding of, of how we don't make the same mistakes again, you know? Yeah, and I think as well, just, to, you know, the, the, the privileged thing is that we should be aware that we have, we take up space, you know, through through a through a variety of privileges, we have the opportunity to take up space. So, what do we do with that? And part of that is, I think, is amplifying 
uh, other voices and bringing other voices into that space that we've been given through luck as much as anything else, you know, which includes talent and hard yeah. work and that stuff. But there's a lot of it that's down to circumstance, to, to, to lucky things. Um, and that's not always going to be the case, you know, like so I, the one thing I said to you was, you know, my desire to amplify kind of clashes against, you know, I've been writing for, yeah, 20, 25 years and I still want to write and yeah. I'm not going to stop. I can't stop. I can't stop doing things, but, How do you know, you so I still want things manage. out in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and that's sort of when I replied to you, cause you were like, I feel like this isn't my, t cause we were talking about vulnerability and, um, and you were like, I feel like this isn't my time to sort of have that me thing out there and that, you know, there are more important things. And I was like, yeah, but the creative space is not like a pie where you, you know, there's only five pieces and it goes out to those five people. Uh, it might feel that way, but it isn't. Um, there is room. There is way more room than we think for like more voices and more art and more things. Like people watch the same shit over and over and over again because arguably there's not a lot of good stuff out there. So for me, just that realization of like, you know, if you have time and space to reread or rewatch or revisit um, experiences, there's always, you know, space for new things. And that, that realization is, is, you know, I don't think the two are incompatible, essentially. I don't think that, you know, you can't... No, I like the pie analogy. I thought that was really great. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, I think, again, it goes back to kind of just being aware of what do I want to say? How do I want to use that space? You know, that's something I definitely realize, realize with my script writing mm -hmm. that kind of changed with the short film that, is, that I think you, you might have seen or that I sent you yeah. that, that then led to Wilderness, you know, that I consciously went into that, like, okay, what what do I want to do? You know, how do, what kind of writer do I want to be? What what kind of stories do I want to tell? In a way that just isn't the same when you're 18, 19. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this, you know. Yeah. Much less thought, you know. And realize a lot of the time that, you know, kind of writing characters, particularly female characters when I was younger, that were, you know, um, the kind of female characters that I would like to be in the world. But yeah. writing male characters, yeah. like men are in the world, you know, which is the same problem with, with, with male screenwriters, yeah. you know, time in memoriam, really. Um, we don't necessarily, when we're younger, write re real female characters because writing, we've been told and taught and kind of conditioned to think that writing is a way of realizing things that are, you know, um, not in the real world, um, which is fine if you're going to do that across the board, but, but we, we don't. That's why so many things I think are bad badly written screenplays yeah. a lot of the time by men um, and that's something I wanted to change was you know make the characters equal in their humanity I guess yeah and for me that was also why it was really interesting and I think that you know this is coming back to all the things that you do are related um, the the book the writing the academic book that you did about the medium of podcasting uh, for me that's really interesting because that's something that I think about a lot because For, like, everyone's like, oh, I guess as an author, the podcast is an extension of your writing. And I was like, I guess, yeah, sure. And I do use it to talk about the book and talk about other things. But um, for me, it's really interesting, this idea of coming out of... Huh, I want to say two words for to define like the act of writing. It's like either like lonely or super egotistical or both, most of the time. 
Um, and, and so podcasting as a medium is, is for me really interesting in the collaborative sense of it. And like, I yeah. can sit here and talk by myself for 45 minutes, but who like, I would be bored of my own voice. Um, and so I think this kind of exchange, like if you take the actual message and the actual sort of forum that, that a podcast episode is, is sort of the, the equivalent of, of both shutting up and speaking at the same time, you know? So I think that there's, there's ways to change even just the structure under which we construct the way we see things, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, so I mean, the book that I, I, I co-edited uh, with a couple of colleagues was a kind of collection of essays about podcasting and we sort of looked, looked at, tried to look at it in a number of different ways and one of the things that, you yeah, which, which kind of came out of the, the process of thinking about it and, and kind of doing a podcast ourselves is that it is a form of writing. Yeah. You know, even though not all, it's not necessarily written down, you know, there is, there is a, there is a kind of a literary feel to it. There is a writing process that goes on in, in, in the way that they're constructed and put together, even if they're not edited, you know, and we've not yeah. done a lot of prep here, but we've agreed the parameters. We, yeah. we know the way we're going to talk in the space, you know, we're putting on a voice in, in some sense, you know, in terms of, uh, in terms of kind of going through it and trying to you know, carry themes and, and things like yeah. that. It's not just a rambling chat, although hopefully it, it appears natural <laughs> and friendly. But um, I mean, because it could take us anywhere, well, you know. it, it could literally take us anywhere. And a lot of them might be rambly, but yeah, there is a structure to it for sure. And the intimacy thing is really important as well. Yes. You know, that, 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 that you are, Perfect. you are inviting people into a space where, you know, they are privy to a conversation. Hopefully they feel included in. And um, I think with the best, and oh, I hate the word best, but with the most, let's see, I'm going to be really careful about what I Efficient. say. I'm not going to say the most or the best. With with podcasts that kind of <laughs> epitomize what the potential of the medium could be, let's yeah. say that. Um, <laughs> there is an intimacy where you are listening, you know, so the, the listener is shutting up, but also there is a, engagement with silence and uh and speech that is is really particular you know and having read a lot of your book and listened to your podcast you know i would never call it an extension because i think that's you know it it's it's a way of continuing a conversation that the book starts yeah you know um and that's really exciting you know um and that was one of the reasons i wanted to do it as well you know because i I do love podcasts um and it's yeah, listening to a couple, you know, listen to Adam's one first. I was like, this is a, it's an interesting space. Um, Thank you. To do that. And it's not something I, not, you know, again, kind of outside my comfort zone, kind of adding more things into the already huge list of things I do. But I think it's important, you know, I think it's important because you're a woman um, in the sense of podcasting is a space which, like every other space, is predominantly <laughs> male-dominated, at least in terms of the, the podcasts that Host. are often championed, you know. Which yeah. is uh, which is sucky, um, but kind of part of the course. So you know that's that's one of many considerations. Is you know is despite how vulnerable and you know kind of a bit nervous I was about it. Um, it's important to do those things rather than just because I you know I would not hesitate to go on a film podcast hosted by a man. So yeah, know, let's uh, let's let's engage with the space on its own terms. I guess is what I'm saying. You know, yeah. you've set up a 
particular kind of space. Um, yeah, that, and I think that's, that's yeah. an interesting common thread between a lot of my guests is that everyone in itself is so comfortable speaking with me when it's off the record. <laughs> like, I think in general, I'm kind of, okay, you can say anything and I won't, you know, there's very little things that I'm like, ooh, how dare you. Um, but, but then everyone's like, oh, but you were going to hit record at some point. And I'm like, it's going to be the exact same thing. (laughs) There is no difference. I'm still here drinking my coffee, having my cigarettes, like nothing is changed. But this idea that, you know, we, we do spend most of our lives catering our image and catering the things we say and thinking about how, you know, when we're putting them out there, like the captions, the statuses, the whatever, they're thought through and they're curated. This isn't. Like, it is, in a way, because we're, like, talk, choosing topics. But it's not, like, I'm not going to let... I think that's sort of what comes across. I'm not going to let anyone sort of run around something. I'll be like, oh, actually, pinpoint that question. Why are you running around with this? Because that was the process that I went through with the book. And I think it's useful and healthy. And and we need it. I think podcasts are like books as well, in the sense that they're generally an experience that someone engages with on their own in their own space mm-hmm. in, a, in a different way than something like radio you know so most people listen to podcasts on headphones when they're walking the dog or running at the gym or in the car you know it's it's rare for people to listen to podcasts in the same way they listen to radio you know radio goes into the air in a different way yeah. podcasts are you know in the same way that when you read a book it's you and the book yeah you know? and i think that is that kind of changes things you know in terms of what 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 can be done and the types of conversations that can be had because there is a safety knowing that you know talking to you there's there's one other listener like in the in that yeah obviously, hopefully there's loads of listeners but there's yeah. one listener listening at a time um it's not playing it's you know they're not it's not playing in a shop while people the are getting their hair yeah. done do you know what I mean? which i think is is a is a fascinating aspect of of, of of books and podcasting you know and you talk people talk about it i talk about podcasts all the time adam you know, must be sick of me sending him links. I'll listen to this podcast. Um, but, you know, no, I know that that person's going to listen to it on their own, probably. It's true. And for me, it was very interesting because one of my, I just, because I just moved to Vancouver and I'm finding out who lives with who and who does what. And one of my friends, I can't remember who it was, but they said to me that they were talking to someone's little brother or something. Is it someone younger? And, um, they're like, so what shows have you been watching? He's like, no, dude, like, I'm 20. I don't watch shows. I listen to podcasts. And I was just like, ah, yes. <laughs> but I think that's really interesting because it's a medium that requires a long-term attention. Like, they are typically, like, at least 30 minutes to two hours long. So you are asking for somebody's attention for a long time, like, Whereas if you're scrolling through your Facebook feed and you stumble upon a video that's longer than four minutes, like you're not going to watch it. So I think that's your face. You're like so heartbroken and sad by that fact. Well, I just, I mean, I, you know, I teach 18 year old film students, so I know exactly the pain trying to get them to watch. I mean, yeah, um, I should, I should be uh, dismissive, but it, 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 yeah, I mean, I think that's absolutely true. But then again, podcasts is one of the downsides you could say is the fact that they then, they increase people's time spent on their own, you I know, in their so. own headspace, you know. But I think we spend a lot of time on our own anyway, so there's ways to use that space. And especially for me, what's interesting about podcasting also as a user um, is that I don't have to look at a screen. 
that changes everything because we're looking at screens all the time. And so for me to just put on my earphones and actually take in the world around me if I'm walking around or, or doing something or on the bus, um, that's changing my attention as well because it's not mm. asking as much of me mentally. Yeah, and it creates a different experience, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that kind of bleed in is, 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 is interesting as well. But anyway, going back to um, wilderness and relationships, um, I think that... <laughs> There is, there is I thought I was just going to talk about podcasting for the rest of it and get away with it. But you <laughs> me back. Yeah, I mean, we could. It's interesting. But um, I thought it was interesting also how, for me, at least watching Wilderness, I couldn't figure out the time. I, I knew it was probably in the 60s, um, but it wasn't made clear. It wasn't stated anywhere. It wasn't... So it kind of puts you outside of these and I think the encounter with the man at the beach sort of gives you that that you know anchors it in time but um and touches on an interesting other topic completely from the, the rest of the movie but um but the the interesting space was like you said the there's a lot of unsaid and a lot of unspoken and so I feel like that in the sense was interesting for me as a writer because you that's where you also let everyone make up their own story So it wasn't prescriptive. I think that was what was interesting. And I think that I still can't quite understand or like make up my own story about the dynamics when they're with the other couple in the, at the apartment. Like there's so many things yeah. that could be happening there. And um, there's a lot of silent lines that you can almost not hear that you want to sort of pause and put louder and be like, what did he say? And, and I think that is a very good mirroring image as to the relationships that Anyway, I find myself in. Um, I don't want to say that everyone has because I'm not everyone. But of, of just like letting... Letting... Mm, this is contradictory. This is typical of my speaking. But, um, of like, you know, yes, being okay with confusion and that I don't have to understand why you do everything. But also like we let a lot of confusion slide when we could clear things up. Hmm. So differentiating between those two is like, how do you do that? Well, there's a lot in there um, to... Uh, Sorry, I do this. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, so, yeah, the the period thing, like there was a practical element to it, and I sort of mentioned, you know, kind of keeping... Yeah. But the period we settled on shooting for was just a period that we really liked in terms of music. Well, the music particularly. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of period of, of jazz is, you know, It's kind of really amazing. Um, yeah. And and also for a character like her, that is as vocal and opinionated and as kind of unashamed to to say her opinion, regardless of how confusing or contradictory or stupid yeah. it might seem. You know, um, and that kind of period of, of the late 60s is an interesting time. But she's also a little bit old to really benefit from like a 68 revolt. You yeah, know, she's, a, she's not quite student age, so she's, you know, she's a bit old um, for that. So there's lots of things going on there. Um, it wasn't written as a black character, so we cast James um, huh. uh, because he was brilliant. Um, the scene that you're talking to, which um, where they have a confrontation on the beach with a kind of grumpy um, landowner who uh, says. Um, 
some racist uh, innuendo, at least not, um, you know, that he implies a lot of kind of racial, um, uh, yeah, he, he implies, you know, that he, he doesn't like Jane, uh, doesn't like John because he's, because uh, he's black, was, um, was a real life incident that happened to me and my now wife um, early in our courtship um, with a really horrible landowner. So but it was a, it was written as a class thing. Yeah. Um, and became through the casting kind of charged with with that kind of racial component which we just really liked because you know kind of again added added something and a real kind of moment where you see you know it's the first time anybody from the outside is in their relationship and, and then how also, does he handle that and how does she handle it so exactly that kind of starts the rolling of like you're saying how do you deal with the stuff and time just moves on really quickly and you we probably could have done with another five minutes of sorting through it but then is that how it happens often no. not you know yeah and so and, and what you know what we've had at screenings of the film at festivals has you know we've played you know a lot of different places around the world has always been you know people sort of saying like oh that's that feels like i've had a relationship like that you know like yeah. if, even though people have got different they kind of relate to different aspects of it but it feels real in terms of some of their experience which obviously is was kind of rewarding because that's what we were going for you know yeah. like i said wanted people to be uncomfortable wanted wanted there to be a complexity and contradiction to it um and that kind of came out teaching as well because it's the first thing i'd written in a while that was a screenplay and i teach kind of introductory screenwriting which i love you know um but you end up kind of covering a lot of the same ground and then kind of going over what so many films are. And I was really conscious that when I went back into and to make my first feature film, to not to not follow, follow the, the things pitfalls, that so many films yeah. do, which, you know, I didn't want it to be a three-act narrative with a resolution, um, yeah. you know, where they go on a journey together. I, I didn't want any of that stuff so the structure is based around kind of jazz ideas of motifs and repetition yeah. and things like that um and kind of spiraling out from a starting idea and seeing if you can get back to it so there's lots of kind of jazz structure um so it was and it was like i don't want to do i don't want to do what the kids love you know because we spend so much time discussing about those ideas about story and and how sticking to a particular structure can dilute the emotion of it you yeah know, because, because you you're hitting beats it. which everyone knows yeah yeah you expect it and i think that's um that's what also like there's there's a lot of long scenes of just like very beautiful uh, art directing and colors and um yeah but but also silence or like music but but mm. word silence um and and that for me was just you know um a good representation of, of, of what we, well, again, this sounds so pompous and like totally, a, uh, I guess, an expression of my privilege, but like of what we all should be doing, <laughs> uh, of, of, you know, just taking the time to, to think and to process. Yeah, I want, you know, we wanted you to think in while you're watching the film and particularly, you know, like, because how often do you watch a film and, and are asked, even asked to think anymore, you know? Yeah. You know, I think that is... I think there's a lot of really great independent film out there, but so much of what is presented doesn't require you to think. It doesn't give you the space to think. And, yeah, that was, again, conscious to, so that you're kind of recognising 
aspects of this and then we're saying oh, how do you feel about that just sit yeah. there and and kind of process it and then we're going to kind of come back in you know like that stuff is you know th- that happens in so much of the best cinema that i or so much of the cinema that i really gravitate towards so it was like that's that's the experience we wanted to create um so you if think- you are thinking about all your relationships <laughs> that's a good even though you might hate me at the end yeah yeah i, I think it was also sort of like I don't know why, but this is coming. This is going to be a personal question, so feel free to to not answer if you don't want to. We're going to judge you for it, but I'm just kidding. Um, but I th- up now, well, I have to answer it. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of um, this is very indirect, but and maybe I'm wrong, but um, it sort of was like a message of patience. So I want to be like, did you write it from a place where you feel like maybe you're impatient in your own relationships and sort of like apply mm. it as a lesson or, or maybe like, you know, this, d- d- did that come through your thinking when it was, when you were writing it? Um, patience is, yeah, that's, I've not really thought about that, um, and now I am thinking about it. <laughs> because she's asking him in, indirectly to be patient at the end. You know, she's in a way of just like, you know, yeah, be uncomfortable, but also let me be mm. whatever I am being. I think... <laughs> yeah, I think I'm really... <laughs> yeah. I've talked a lot about this film, but I've not. This has not come up, so this Yay! is. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not asking. I mean, maybe maybe it just has nothing to do with it. But for me, for me personally, it felt that way because I know that I am impatient. And yeah, I think I mean I I think I'm really patient and chilled out in a lot of ways. But I do I I do think that that part of me is probably in John. You know that unwillingness or that fear it's probably a fear it's not an unwillingness you know it comes across maybe as unwillingness but it's a fear to let there be silence you know and i think that comes from experience of 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 past relationships of you know not wanting to just keep talking and keep saying things because then we're engaged together you know and if i'm quiet that's you just thinking on your own and you're thinking I'm done, I'm out, I'm gone. So I think that's probably pretty, pretty accurate. Um, Sadly. Um, I mean, that's not sad. I think that's like human. A a lot of, I, I felt that way many times personally of just like, now I'm letting you slip away into your own thoughts and therefore away from me. Whereas I've been on the other end of that more recently, I think more as I do more of this sort of, self-development work um of just being like huh actually no because i need i need silence sometimes i need to process what i'm saying or what i'm thinking and that isn't necessarily away from the situation away from this conversation it's actually towards it but i just need the time yeah i think that's fair i mean i definitely one that's one thing i'm trying to change and i've been trying to change i wrote the script in a really happy place looking back you know so feeling able to look back and kind of work through some things um from a position of real kind of happiness and contentment and the ability to just say i can i can get quite dark because 
Because I'm okay. Because <laughs> I'm okay. Um, you know, but obviously I think that, yeah, there's still stuff in it that I haven't fully processed. Oh, and, you know, when I, when I started, I was like, oh, there's not a lot of me in there. And then the more I think about it and talk about it, the more, you know, we, I just don't think you can help that, particularly when you're writing about something as... Personal as relationships. Yeah. 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 No, and definitely, I think that's going to come through in anyone's art um, if, if, it's, if the topic is personal. Um, but and that's uh, the art I want to make, you know? Yeah. That's the film, they're the films I want to make. So. Yeah. Cool. Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you want to share with our listeners that I missed? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've talked a lot, which was not my intention. <laughs> I told you that might happen. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's been really good. Um, I don't know. I mean, we've covered the film, uh, my impatience, um, <laughs> the book, podcasting, uh, yes. teaching. We haven't really touched on teaching, but I don't know which kind of where a lot of this stuff kind of coalesces, I guess, you know, trying to, trying to instill better habits and more criticality and, you know, and again, amplify and support different voices, I guess, you know. Yeah. So do you um, think that's like the main responsibility of your role as a teacher within this sense? Cause pe- those, your students are, you know, uh, looking at or aiming to make art that people are going to hopefully see or listen to. And do you think that's like the main responsibility is just to like add question marks? Largely, yeah. Um, but also working in film, I think specifically there is a responsibility to address long-term yeah. systematic problems, yeah. you know, which have been there as long as I've been, well, they've been there for, since the dawn of cinema, but which I've seen since the dawn of making films, you know, and writing films and, make you know sort of putting on film festivals and things like that and you know part of the unlearning thing is realizing actually i, did, I probably did you know i think it's easy to look back and say you didn't do enough but i can sort of see key times where i i wish i'd have been more critical again and more more thoughtful and taken more time to to think about things be it scripts or kind of opportunities that i had available or things like that so you know it's one of the things about the you know, to draw back to what Adam was talking about and kind of me too, one of the things that was a real, I won't say positive, but, you know, a real kind of shift in the the classroom was being able to pin something that's happening to our theoretical conversation. So whenever I've taught, you know, as long as I've taught, I've always said, like, film is a sucky, patriarchal, bullying, horrible place. The industry is a pretty rancid thing um i love indie film it's got its own problems but it's it's not as bad as the beast um you know but the beast is what they want to go towards because it's the money it's the fame it's the glory you know i get that you know but being able to say look you know this what we told you was not just us saying you know trying to stamp on your dreams it's saying actually that there are serious problems yeah you know and uh, the treatment of women and, you know, representation issues and, you know, these are real um, and here they are. And, and that's been great to, to be able to address that on a, on a kind of day-to-day basis. And just, you know, having young 18-year-old male students who are really kind of excited but, but kind of continuing with this idea of what a male director is, having to and kind of going, actually, yeah, maybe I need to 
Maybe I need to shut up. <laughs> Maybe it's not my turn to talk. Maybe I don't know best just because I'm a, I'm a male student, you know, and I think that's yeah. been that's been really positive because the work's been better and their work's been better, even though it's not what they thought they'd be doing when they come out, which was basically telling everybody what they wanted for their unique vision, you know. So I think that's, I, find, I think that's really important and I'm really kind of proud and honoured to be in teaching film at this time where we can we can we can have an impact which hopefully will have a, a resonance in years to come so yeah yeah cool and it gives me a chance to act all these things i say i want to do on a daily basis yeah for sure great and that must you know be a really good practice as well because i'm sure you also i mean if you had me as a student um chris can ascertain to this i like was ah i'm gonna challenge you on this and so yeah 18 year old me was fun um, but I think that that's no, no, it's, sort it's, of like fun in the, right way, the best, the best thing in a, in yeah. a classroom, you know, to learn from students and again, to, to learn from them. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Neil, today. It was a pleasure. I'm Absolute sure. pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Very I hope welcome. it was all right. Yeah, it was, of course. There's no standards, so we can always say it was all right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you guys, I will be posting all of Neil's um, links down in the description. Uh, make sure you have a look and then um, rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Um, I'll also put, you have a Twitter, yeah? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Cool. So I'll put both our handles books, yeah. if you guys want to talk about stuff or react or check out the Cinematologists podcast. Um if you're into film and just generally want to listen to cool stuff. Two white guys talking. Oh, you have other else. guests on. You have other guests on. I mean, maybe I listen I know, to the right. I facetious. <laughs> Deflecting <laughs> as always. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That happens. Um, cool. Well, thanks so much. Um, thanks, you guys, for listening. We will be back next Friday. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend. Bye. I'm not going to be able to do that.